When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Upgrading to a new phone is an exciting experience, regardless if you do it once a year or every few years. But instead of running out and buying a new phone seemingly at random, it's time to take into account the release schedule that the most notable smartphone makers typically stick to. For example, July and August are the worst time to buy a new iPhone. I'm Jason Cipriani with co-host Jason Perlow, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're going to discuss when it is a good time to buy a new phone and when you should absolutely avoid it. You know, Perlo, when we came up with this idea for the show, it hadn't really occurred to me that we are theoretically two months, six to eight weeks away from the iPhone 13 or 2021 iPhone, whatever Apple is going to end up calling it. I didn't realize it was this close. It is kind of crazy. You know, I've had my iPhone 12 Pro Max it looks like, you know, close to, you know, 10 months, nine and a half, 10 months now. And yeah. I feel like I just got the thing yesterday. I like, know. You know I, I feel like I just got used to it. And, and it's because, you know, we're on upgrade program. Not that I'm expecting, you know, most people to be on an upgrade program. I, I mean, actually, you know, my, Apple has never really disclosed how many of their customers are on upgrade program. Um, but, you know, I get rid of this iPhone and Rachel's iPhone every year because to review it, you know, if I was a normal human being, I don't know necessarily if I would be getting rid of my iPhone every single year, but it's like, it's, 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 you have to, as a consumer, understand when you go through these upgrade processes, you know, if if your phone lasts, if you're going to keep your phone three years, four years, you have to know Timing wise, when is the best time to get it replaced? Because you could end up running into a situation where, you know, the the the, the actual model ends up being discontinued around the time that you want to buy it. So these are the kind of things you need to you need to know about. Yeah, just because that phone is brand new to you doesn't mean it's brand new on the shelf or even recently yeah. released. Um, and we're going to dive into Apple's iPhone lineup right now and try to make some predictions on what we think Apple's going to do with it in September. And these are far out predictions, but it just yeah. to hopefully give our listeners a little bit insight um, into the proper upgrade cycle and when you should start thinking about upgrading and not. So let's, let's start and we'll dive into other phone makers as well. This is not just an Apple show. So, but let's start with Apple. I think that's a good place because yep. we are so close to their release cycle and reports are coming out that, they have asked their menu iPhone makers, the manufacturer plants, to boost production by twenty percent because they're wow. expecting a super cycle this year of people upgrading to the iPhone 12s or you know, like I said earlier, whatever Apple ends up calling it. So normally, Apple holds a special event in September, usually the second or third week of September, and then a roughly ten days later is when the iPhone or some of the iPhone models start to hit the shelves, Um, you know, with Apple adding now four iPhone 12 models, the mini, the 12, 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max, they split those releases up by a few weeks. But typically by the last week of September, you can always bet the iPhone has launched. 
the new iPhone is launched and, and you could go out and buy it. Um, in the past, October and November, we have seen some of those releases get pushed back. You know, last, last year, because of the pandemic, they got pushed back a little bit. Um, but there's no indication that this year, September, is not going to be the time frame uh, that Apple launches these new iPhones. And so, yeah. Perlo, you've, you've taken a look at the iPhone lineup right now. Every iPhone Apple currently sells. And they usually make adjustments to what the lineup looks like once they announce a new model. So what are we looking at right now? And what well, do you think we're going to look at, you know, in two months? So I'll tell you what's probably going to fall off the, the, the cliff, right? So, you know, last year, um, you know, they decided to keep um, the iPhone 11 um, as the base level. Actually, the, the iPhone XR, the X, quote-unquote XR, was capped as their lowest priced uh, sort of normal size phone. Um, then they kept the iPhone 11 also in production um, as well. Um, so what I think is probably going to happen is that the 10R um, and the iPhone 11 are both going to be dropped. I think that there's a strong possibility the base level iPhone 12 will be will replace the iPhone 11 as their as as their 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 entry level 5G. Um, iPhone. Now the question is here is what happens with the with the smaller phones, right? So the iPhone SE was refreshed in 2020. So the question is, are they going to keep that SE in the lineup, or are they going to completely eliminate it and and replace it with something else? The reason why I think that it is likely to be replaced with something else is that I think that the iPhone 12 Mini did not do very well um, overall. So and it's yeah. about the same size, and I think they're going to want to have an entry level smaller five G phone. So I think there will be a phone that will replace both the twelve mini and the SE, and they'll call it the SE, you know, twenty twenty one or something. But I think they're going to get rid of um, Touch ID only phones because the SE was like their last Touch ID only phone. In fact, someone was asking me the other day, "Where can I get a phone without Touch ID? I don't like facial uh, with with Touch ID only. I don't want facial recognition." And I'm like, "Well, there's not going to be that many of those left anymore. I mean, if you're going to buy it now, buy it now, you know, but the SE's probably getting replaced, you know, in 2 months, and you're going to feel kind of stupid if you do that." So, I think if you're in the market for the smaller phone, I wouldn't do anything now at all based on on what we think might be happening. Um, in September. What do you think, Jason? So I, I'm not sold that Apple will replace the SE so quick. Last time they took about four years, I think, in between updates for it, three or four years. Um, and it seems to be a good cadence for them. Like, you know, when they first announced it, it was in old design with brand new hardware internally. And they took that same approach right. with the, the 2020 model. And so I, I don't know if it'll be a three or four year cadence going forward, but I don't see them doing it a year later. Uh, maybe if for nothing else, just to keep that touch ID model in the lineup. But as far as the iPhone 12s go, I agree with you. I think the iPhone 12, just the standard iPhone 12 stays in the lineup, replaces iPhone yeah. 11. I have no clue why the iPhone 10R is still in the lineup. This one boggles my mind because it it's like a $150 or $100 difference in price between the 11 and the 10R. Yeah. And the 10R is a lot older and not as good tech. So I, unless you absolutely love the colors the 10R come in, uh, I, I wouldn't 
by that anyway. So I see that dropping off. Um, so I, I think we'll have the iPhone 12, let's just call it the 12S, right? iPhone 12S, 12S Pro, 12S Pro Max. Yeah. And I think the mini drops off completely because as you said, reports have shown or indicated that the 12 mini did not sell well at all. So it doesn't make sense for Apple to keep producing it. And then the SE still stays where it's at as that smaller iPhone option. Although we have heard rumors or I've read rumors that there's an SE mm. Max or Plus in the works. <laughs> so instead of that 4.7 inch screen with Touch ID, it would go to the 5.5 inch screen with Touch ID, theoretically. An so, SE Max? Yeah, yeah. So, or, so, or like, so, so an extra large extended size, so an SEX, basically. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if Apple would be that brave. I mean, uh, uh, they have issues with their weather app, so. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't know if you saw that news yesterday with the weather app. But, I, I did, uh, yeah. That was an interesting uh, one. Um, yeah. So I I could see them for that larger <laughs> SE adding the 5G option, so they have a less expensive 5G yeah. option with Touch ID. That makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, so unless you're getting a killer deal and you absolutely smashed your phone last night and you wake up today uh -huh. and you need a new phone and you could get a good deal, you know, I would I would not go out and buy an iPhone 11. And I definitely no. wouldn't buy... I mean, an iPhone 12 right now, if you're getting a good deal on it, isn't a bad deal. It's, all, it's not no. even your old tech. It's I still am amazed by the camera on a daily basis. No, it's basis. not going anywhere. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I have no issues with it. So if you can get a good deal on it, and you absolutely need a phone today, the iPhone 12, buy it. You know, you know, do it. But if you can wait, I would wait two months to upgrade anything, as far as Apple is concerned. Absolutely, do not buy any phone that isn't 5G capable, because I, I think you know even if you don't have a 5G plan today. Um, and you don't plan to upgrade to a 5G plan, you're probably going to want one in the next year or so, you know, as yeah. as 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 the networks roll out. I, I mean, absolutely. That's a fair statement. Yeah. I mean, unless you're buying a phone for a kid, you know, even still, I, I wouldn't get them anything that wasn't 5G capable because you're going to end up if you do a family plan, the 5G is going to roll across the entire the entire family, generally speaking. So I, I, I wouldn't get a 4G phone, a 4G only phone now. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Absolutely. So it doesn't make sense. Let's we're this isn't the topic of the show, but we might as well mention it. Don't buy an Apple watch right now either. No, we're two months. We're two months away not. in theory from when Apple typically announces the Apple, a new Apple watch and Apple watch series seven, I think is what we're on schedule for this year. Yeah. Uh, there's supposedly a big redesign coming. It's no longer going to be rounded corners. It's going to have more of the squared off edges like the iPhone 12 lineup does. So if you're thinking about getting an Apple Watch and you can hold off for a couple of months, I would do that as well. I would wait and see what Apple's going to do in September. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, you can, you know, if you absolutely need one and want one, you know, go ahead and do it. But you probably will want to wait. Yep. So it's not a good idea July and August to buy a new iPhone because September is launch month for Apple. But what about someone like Samsung? Yeah. What 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 kind of advice can we give listeners to, you know, who are diehard Galaxy phone users who want a new phone? Well, you know, what's interesting, Jason, you and I have been talking about Samsung's lineup for a while about what they should do, because they have the 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 regular Galaxy um, series, uh, you know, the, the S series. Right. And then they yep. have 
um, the the A series, which is their cheap version of the Galaxy series, and then they have the Note series, which we thought they were going to consolidate the two S, the the S and the Note lines. They have not done it yet. What do you, what do you think is going to happen this year? Personally? So all indicators point to an August eleventh event, unpacked event, which is less than a month away now. Samsung has not officially announced anything, but I have heard. Privately, that August 11th is the day uh, EvLeaks, Evan Blass on Twitter, who goes by EvLeaks, uh, has said August 11th is the day. And he also posted a bunch, a bunch of GIFs of the Galaxy Z Fold 3, the Galaxy Z Flip, the Galaxy S21 FE, which is their budget-friendly version of the S series that they release in February or March, that or you know during that same year. And then there's even a watch and some earbuds involved in what he has posted so far. But the one thing that has is missing, has been missing, is any note leaks at all. Mm. And this jives with what Samsung itself has said, that they are focusing on bringing some of the note features to other devices in the lineup. The S21 Ultra, for example, works with an S Pen. Now, it doesn't have a slot to slide the S Pen into like the Note does, but it does all the other fancy stuff that the Note series can do. And if you're you know, a big fan of the S Pen, then it, it should work nicely. There's a few things it's missing, but let's say it's you know 80% uh, feature parity there. So yeah. I think what we're going to see in August, which if you're a big Galaxy Note fan, you're going to be disappointed. What I think we're going to see is Samsung's official... Here, you know, the Note has always been positioned as a professional, a device for professionals for productivity. I think now that productivity lineup becomes the Z Fold lineup mm. or Z Flip lineup with the foldable displays. So June and July, if you're a Note user, is the wrong time of year to buy a phone, to upgrade to a new Samsung Galaxy Note or whatever it is. Uh, but this year, you're going to see a big change in the positioning and, and the marketing of their productivity phones. Yeah, and I'm really curious as how they're gonna how they're gonna price the foldable productivity phones going forward because they're they were still very expensive. They you were. Know, and, I, I, yeah, I think and, and, I can't afford to buy one. I can tell you that. I mean, to play with one, no way. Yeah, I've <laughs> Not I've, my yet, habits. I've seen I've seen them right. I, yeah. but to actually have used one, I, Samsung for whatever reason, is very keeps them very close. The review devices, I have yet to receive a review device from Samsung of any of their foldable, foldable display technology. So I have, I don't have extended time using either one. I, they're very appealing to me, but I'm not going to spend $2,000, $2,500, whatever it is, you know, for a foldable device. In their defense, they have said that their goal is to make this technology more affordable to the everyday user. And so maybe with the Note series going away, uh, we'll see that push start in earnest, hopefully on August, August 11th. But as far as the S series goes, this is Samsung's schedule, right? February or March, they announce an S series phone. So let's say it's 2022, February, March, S22 is going to be announced. You'll have that lineup. So end of year, December, January, even into February, it's not a good time to buy a new S series. Nope. And like I already said, June, July, going into August, the Note series, which is now becoming their foldable lineup, is not a good time to buy one of the productivity-based 
you know, facing devices. So there's a few months there, depending on which device you prefer that you want to avoid upgrading if it's been a few years for you, because we're getting close to new Samsung devices. They'll actually be out before Apple's new iPhone. So um, if their August schedule stays yeah. on, on point. Um, let's see, Motorola, you know, they're... Their release schedule, I was doing some research yesterday of like the E-series or the G-series, and it's all over the place. There's not there's not a single month where this company has no. religiously, in a, in a year, religiously released a phone. Like, you know, usually I thought when I was doing my research that it was usually May or June, somewhere in there. But I, I saw some releases in October. But here's the good thing. Motorola devices are less expensive than most other of them. devices. Yeah. Yep, they live at the low end, unless you're doing the Razer or some of their new high-end devices, which we don't, we can't yet gauge what the cadence is for those yet because they just have one generation in. Uh, but so if you're buying a Moto G or a Moto E, you know, buy a phone when you're ready to buy a phone if that's what you're sticking to because they are at the low end. And if a new one comes out, you know, three or four months, two months after you bought it, like I said, they're at the low end. You break your phone. You're gonna and, and honestly, I, when I have bought Motorola phones, um, I stay away from the carrier locked, carrier promoted ones. I go right to Amazon and I find whatever the latest unlocked version of their current generation is. Um, you know, the G series especially, because there's usually within the G series you got like seven or eight, you know, SKU variations on that thing, depending on yeah. on carrier. So I would say, you know, I mean, if you're gonna, most of them. Are usually within the $200, $250 range anyway yep. at, the, at the current generation. So, you know, there's a lot of a stock flying out there in the channel. Um, you know, look at Amazon. Make sure you're looking at at, at, at a, a good reseller. It, it either sold from Amazon directly or sold from Motorola directly on the Amazon store and, and go with the latest, you know, generation phone based on, on, the, on, the, on the Motorola website, what the current generation is. Um, but yeah, it's not really the kind of a cadence where you have to think about, is it a good or bad time to do it? And Absolutely. I mean, let's, yeah, I mean the razor, I don't even remember when they released the last razor. I don't know how successful a phone it was, whether they tend to do a next generation one or not. Um, you know, the, the, I think it had a cool design, but I don't know necessarily, um, uh, from performance wise, if, if, if the reviewers were that happy with it overall and it was. Yeah, so that was actually the last time I took a business trip was November of 2019. I wow. went to LA. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like it was forever ago, and it feels like it was forever ago. It but does. 2000 November 2019 is when they launched the first edition of the foldable display razor, and they updated it a few months later uh, with a few new features. I think it was probably six or nine months later, but we haven't heard anything else since then. And I don't think they seeded review devices of that second unit at all. Um, and that thing, you know, was on the high end anyway. So, um, let's dive into OnePlus now, which is, you know, yeah. they make good products, they make good phones, but the release cadence is very confusing and it, it's makes, weird. It, it makes it almost where you don't ever want to upgrade or buy a phone because you know, okay. because here's, here's what they do. They do two releases a year. January is typically the first new Qualcomm. It, OnePlus, I don't know what kind of agreement they have with Qualcomm, but usually they released the first consumer product that uses Qualcomm's latest Snapdragon processor. Yep. They're us they usually beat Samsung to it. And it's not by much, but they do. 
So January, they release a new phone. Let's use this last year as an example, the OnePlus 9 and the 9 Pro. Then later in the year, towards the end of the summer or early fall, they release a slightly upgraded mm. and improved version of that same exact device and add a T to the end of the name. So like this year, using those two examples, we don't know this yet because they haven't announced it, but it should be the OnePlus 9T and the 9T Pro. And they're a little bit faster. They're a little, have a little bit better battery life and camera improvements. And so you're caught in a cycle of you have to commit to a T series or the standard series. So do you want the January product or the fall product? So my thinking here is if you're going to upgrade OnePlus devices, you have to pick which lane you're going to go in and then stay in that lane and then judge that based is, off of that. that is I don't the, know. That's the historic thing that OnePlus has done. Now, the only thing that, 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 I think might change now is that, you know, there has been a lot of news recently about how OnePlus is going to be merging with its parent company, Oppo, uh, yep. which is, you know, like the number one or number two smartphone com company in China on domestic production, right? And in right. Asia. So I think what we're going to end up seeing is some, some consolidation across the OnePlus and Oppo lines as far as the phone technologies and stuff being used. And OnePlus will be the dominant North American brand for Oppo going forward, right? So, I mean, we'll probably see certain Oppo phones with with, um, with OnePlus stickers on them, or it, it, we don't know what their SKU lineup is gonna, really going to look up like going forward. We may see some some pretty drastic changes. You know, we have the Nord and a few others that they're that they're that they're doing in other yep. markets. Um, so, it it, it I, I think this is I think OnePlus is a work in progress. You know, going forward, there's gonna. I, I think we're gonna be seeing a lot of heavy um, promotion of that brand in the U, in the United States from its parent company, um, yeah. especially going forward. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting next six months or so as as Oppo folds in OnePlus. They kind of let them act independent all these years and would never truly confirm that they yeah. were two. You know, the the companies were related. We always had our suspicions, and there was plenty of evidence to prove otherwise. But until here recently, when the reports surfaced that you know Oppo was bringing OnePlus in under its wings, they're even folding Oxygen OS into yeah. Color OS. I think is what Oppo uses, and so the interface is going to change quite a bit on OnePlus devices. It's like I said, it'd be an interesting next six months to see what the release schedule is like. To your point, but also what OnePlus ends up looking like. I mean, it's been a scrappy startup quote unquote, you know, now that we realize or have officially confirmed Oppo has owned them the whole time, I don't think we can call it a startup anymore. No, they're not They're but, not so scrappy when they have this gigantic Chinese company behind them, right? It's like, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, they like I said, they, they make great phones. Some of my favorite yeah. Android phones have been from OnePlus over the years. And so, uh, yeah, it, look, if it's later in the year, stick to the T-Series. If you want to upgrade first thing in the year, uh, you know, go with the standard nine pro or nine or whatever it ends up being and lastly on our list is google, google. maker of google pixel uh their release schedule typically kicks off in october although the last few years it seems like they've been just like whenever they want to press a button to make the website go live and yeah. release a phone uh but usually october is when we see new and this goes back to nexus devices as well except for the first nexus which was announced and released at ces or around ces uh october is typically the month when google releases new pixel devices so i have no reason to believe we'll see that 
change permanently going forward. I know there's been a lot this of questions about- This was a weird year because we didn't get a 5L or whatever did we this year. Did yeah, we, we get, a get a 5A. No, we didn't get no. a 5A. No. Um, yeah, which is their more affordable version of the phone they released you know, in October before, which they usually do in spring. Normally they announce the A-series, like the Pixel 4a, which was not announced this way, but previously like the Pixel 3a at Google I.O., which takes place in May. And so usually that's when we see it happen. And you know, it's a three or $400 phone. It's usually a great deal, impressive, has a great camera, bang for your buck kind of device. But they sat on the 4A for a very long time. And then one day we just woke up and they were like, here it is, you know, randomly. And I think and a I, lot of that. I, I feel like they, they mailed in the 5A, the, the 5 this year. You know, it's like, it was kind of like, here, we needed a phone. So this is it. You know, it was it was yeah. so generic. Um, you know, and I'll, and I'll probably end up replacing it for uh, a Pixel 6 this year. But it's kind of like, you know, it was, it was kind of a strange off year for Google for, for, for Pixel. It's like they needed to get a phone out. They had to get sure. rid of that Pixel 4 because it was such a loser phone. You know, Google always has I mean, a, a hard They discontinued hard time. it before yeah. they, yeah, they discontinued the 4 and the 4XL before they even announced the Pixel 5. That tells you how bad of a phone it was. It was an Companies awful, don't do that. It, it was an awful phone. But they see that Google is just kind of on, on a, in a weird situation because they are always the last company to implement and, and release a phone with Qualcomm's chipset. So it's always at the end of the, right before Qualcomm yeah. announces the replacement chipset. So, right. you know, I don't know what, what they're going to do to try to adjust their cadence. You know, um, you know, they went with a, a, a non stand a non flagship chipset this with the Pixel 5. They did not go with the triple eight or anything like that um, or, or, or the, the, the eight series, you know, the, the, the primary the, the hero processor. They didn't go with that one. They went with with, with a lower power integrated 5G chipset, you know. Uh, yeah. And it, it, I like the five. I think the five yeah. is it goes back to what the three was and the pixels before it were very approachable and it's it's a solid phone. I I think the answer to your question though is they bring all of their chip design in house, which there's enough smoke there it, to, it, it to, could happen. To, yeah. to state that it's they're at least attempting it. And I think that they build their own chips and, and they they are no longer late to the party, Qualcomm's party, because Qualcomm announces the next Snapdragon processor in November. They usually release in October. Yep. They're using your old chips. You always feel bad buying a Pixel. You basically always feel lousy buying a Pixel phone because because then like the next month you're like, what? New Qualcomm. I don't know if I'd, it's like, I, I, I don't know if I'd like, go that far, but yeah, yeah I, I totally get I, what you're saying. Early adopters yeah. do feel lousy, but I think the average consumer probably doesn't care. No, and it's a phone that developers use primarily to test new versions of Android. That's why I have one. It's not because it's the fastest thing on the block. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Any parting words of advice or words of wisdom, Perlo? It's always a bad time to buy a new phone because you always feel lousy pretty soon when, when, when the rumor mill comes. But, you know, these are good general um, guidelines for, for when you should buy. Like I said, you know, we know that the big date for Apple's coming out in September will be the announcement and, we're, and then probably October, November for delivery on those things. You know, that's that's usually how it goes. Don't buy a 4G phone now. It's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 I. Uh... Um, I have not been a big fan of 5G thus far, but yeah. I think I'm finally at the point where I agree with it doesn't make sense to buy a 4G LTE phone, only buy a 5G phone going forward because the technology 
in areas I've been, because I still don't have it here where I live, which amazes me. I, I got an email from AT&T this morning, actually, talking about how much they've expanded their network and how much money they've put into it. Yet I don't get to use it on a daily basis. But the areas I have visited and have been in with 5G, it has been a better experience. It may not be faster. It may not blow right. me away. But it seems that the latency has been lowered. And I'm starting to see the promise of it. So I agree with you, Perlo. I think that's the advice I'm going to end on as well. Be aware of what months phones typically are released if you're coming up for an upgrade. And then don't buy a 4G LTE phone. 5G or nothing. That's, that's it. Agreed. Hey, thanks for listening today. We really appreciate it. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlo. And this is Jason Squared. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com. 